For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You can call it Black Monday, Moose. Barry Trotz was fired as coach of the New York Islanders Monday morning with general manager Lou Lamarillo saying he felt the team needed a new voice. Lou Lamarillo declined to explain why he thought, quote, a new voice was necessary. My take on Lamarillo is that he knows what he's doing. The Islanders missed the playoffs. And with Lou and certain GMs around the NHL, if you fail to get the job done, off with your head. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. It's hour two. Let me get this thing fixed. Ah, here we go. Episode number 753 is at hand. And we're just awaiting the arrival of our lovely, talented, and affable co-host, Darren DuPont. We had breaking news yesterday in a lot of ways. Firing of Barry Trotz happened during the show. Jeff Reinbold leaving the Alouettes. There's nothing's come out about that since that I've seen. And then the Rough Riders Plaza of Honor. And now we've got breaking news to open hour two. Let's talk about it. Charleston Hughes has signed with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And Clark informed me in the break. And then I just did a quick Twitter search. And indeed, whoop, there it is. What's he now, 37 years of age? Charleston Hughes rejoining the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And I think it's fantastic. Shows you that uh, bridges that have been burned can be rebuilt. And away he goes. Because uh, we were very in tune with the Charleston Hughes situation when he left the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and signed with the Toronto Argonauts. So there's that. And I, I want to get back to the NHL talk, quite frankly. But a couple things. Uh, my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat, I knew that she would enjoy the story about my dad having to get his blood pressure checked when the in the hospital when the Stars lost to Colorado, thanks to Marty Turco. By the way, Angie Magoo. Angie Magoo was Mick Magoo's wife, is Mick Magoo's wife, and uh, was the one attending to my dad, whose uh, blood pressure almost exploded that day. Oh, cousin Chris writes in. She says, for those who never knew Rod's dad, he was the most special, kind, and caring person who happened to be married to one beautiful lady. Wonderful folk. Indeed they were, Chris. Very special people. Let's bring in the moose, if we don't mind. Um, there you are. How you doing, moose? Doing well. Doing well. I love, the, I love the stories about your dad. You know that I do. That's a true story. I don't think you heard that one. No. That's a new one. Oh, there's a lot. Um, and... <laughs> Uh, it's supposed to be a sports show, right? But 
I'm trying to remember. Randy Nickel, who's an old TV guy, but also a, a restaurant guy. Randy Nickel, he lives in Okotoks, Alberta. He knew my dad from the hockey days back in the day. And um, a lot of our relations have said, Rod, watching you on TV is just like watching your dad. And I, I mentioned that one time, and Randy goes, no, your dad wasn't as emotional as you are. I'm like, <clears throat> what? He just didn't have a camera on him all the time. When he was out in public, yeah, you didn't see it. We saw it. And you were at his funeral when I talked about him breaking coho hockey sticks over the bridge of the nose of cattle. I learned very creative swear words from my dad. <laughs> the most amazing swear words I've never heard since. Like, oh, I can't even get into it, even though we're not on Game Plus today. Today would be the day. Um, yeah. And, and one more. <clears throat> when we used to do cattle, as we say in the cowboy business, it was three boys, and we had, all had a job. My job was to cut this, well, the bull calf out of the herd in the pen, I would cut him out and then push him up the chute. My brother Reed, his job, and Reed would be adorned in hockey shin pads and an athletic cup. In case he got kicked in the junk, he would push the bull calf up the chute. And then Lee, the oldest, his job was to, as soon as that steer came, or well, soon to be steer, came and stuck his head through the hole, crank it, flip the table, cut his balls off. How about that? And my, and my dad would sit in the truck and watch and laugh. And I said, Dad, can you imagine if we had a camera on that? That'd be the greatest re reality television ever. And Dad's like, I don't think anybody would want to watch that. And who would believe that anybody would wear hockey shin pads in a can over their Wranglers? I said, well, we did. <laughs> and we do have that show now. Jack. It's called Yellowstone. Yeah, no kidding, right? That's the thing is nobody can understand that that is the way that I grew up. They can't believe it, but it was fun. It was fun. Um, okay, let's go back and get back on point here. Uh, John Kirby in Edmonton says, Rod, do you think the CFL season will start on time? I do. I think all of what we're going on, going through here right now is bunk, and I, don't, I find it distasteful. I find it unprofessional. And I stopped reading the text. I'm going to read one more. Jim Wagner writes in from Balgoni. He says, the dumpster fire that is the CFL is roaring again. Such a sad state. Enjoy your day, RP Nation. That's why I'd prefer to go on and talk hockey because, frankly, I know it better. I know it. It's in my DNA. It's like breathing. Football, to me, was never quite as easy for me to analyze. Otherwise, it wasn't easy for me at all. You played it. You coached it. Right? It's far easier for you. Uh, by the way, Darren Workman says, 70s dads creating swear words while doing farm work brings back so many memories. Well, that's the thing. Dad's words rhymed with sock tucker. Um, I said sock tucker, just so oh, you know. Oh, no. Darren, I didn't swear. <laughs> You're starting to fidget and get uneasy. And Clark just said we're just on YouTube. What? I said sock tucker. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Flake off. <clears throat> Spicy. Fire truck. Uh, Ted in Red Deer writes in. He says, Rod, we had the same job growing up. LOL. Great memories now. 
from Wayne in BC. Sounds like a fun time at the Peterson Ranch. It actually was fun. At the time, it didn't seem like fun. But looking back, yeah, a hell of a lot of fun. Jeff Cabellos in Winnipeg says, Unfortunately, I inherited my dad's no-filter talk when watching my favorite sports teams play. LOL. Um, okay, back. Oh, gosh. I just want to read the comments. Brandon Crow watching from Hockey Canada. Writes in and he says, My wife and her two sisters all played NCAA Division I hockey. They attribute it to waiting around that shoot as kids and using those prairie oysters as hockey pucks. Shooting them for the dog. Here's Bingo. one. All, all the raw testicles that I collected one day, I put them in a margarine container. Remember the old imperial margarine that had the purple crowns around it? Yeah. I put them all in there, and I took them to a party. A bush party. You've been there, Moose. You've been, you weren't at that one, but you've been to them. Yeah. And I was going to cook them. I was going to cook them and make people eat them and not tell them what they were till after. But it didn't matter because Philip Kenyon took one, popped it in his mouth, crunched it raw. And he was smiling and the blood ran down. He knew what it was? I will never forget. He knew what it was. Philip Kenyon. That was Fear Factor oh, yeah. before there was Fear Factor with Joe Rogan. I know. Beer might have been involved. But the next time that we're driving to Montana, I'll show you exactly where it is because a lot of stuff went down at that site. A lot of stuff. I'm not going to go any further, but just remind me later. I'll tell you about the bikers that were on their way back from Sturgis from the rally that stopped at our party. That happened. That was not fun. Hey! I was wondering where that this also guy is. John. That also happened in Yellowstone. That literally showed up. <laughs> yeah, well, in Yellowstone, the Cowboys won. In uh, the RP show, the Bikers won. Okay? John Ohm writes in, I'm late, I'm late. You haven't missed much, John. Just old cowboy stories. Uh, it's not that big a deal. The Bikers showed up and took all our booze and a couple of women and then kept going. <laughs> kind of the end of it. What were we going to do? What were we going to do about that? We're, we were high school kids. Yeah, nothing. Just to the girls, like, where are you guys going? They got the boot. Anyways, uh, Jack in Alberta, growing up on the farm slash ranch is a great way to learn about life. Rod, your life stories are going to be top shelf lore. They already are. Um, back on point. Jason and Red Deer. He says, I had to. I had to take a bathroom break. Did you see Charleston Hughes signed in Ryderville? Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. Um, for our American viewers, the guys that I'm hanging out with now, Charleston Hughes is the second all-time leader in Canadian Football League sack history. Had an off year last year. Left Saskatchewan, my old team on bad terms, signed in Toronto, a one-year deal, and now he's back with Saskatchewan. Um... Charleston Hughes, I don't know what he's going to get paid. There was a time he was making ten grand a game. I don't think he's making that much now, but you can see why Charleston Hughes would want to chase that sack record. Makes him dough. Makes sense from the Charleston Hughes perspective, and from the Riders' perspective, it kind of tells me 
I'm sorry to say, I just got to be honest, it tells me how desperate they are at the D-line position. Yeah, unless, unless you're getting them on a really great deal, like a real song to bring them back to the D-line because he wants to chase that sack record. It's like, look, if you want to come in, we'll give you an opportunity to chase it, but you're going to work on like the veteran minimum or whatever. You're going to get a really great deal for us to fit us under the cap and everything else. Um, I don't know what the deal is. I mean, Charleston, based off last season, obviously isn't going to demand as much money, but is there still enough left in the tank? Only Charleston knows and see how his off-season conditioning program's going. If he's put in the work and he's ready to go, he could have one or two really good years left and maybe chase down that record. But uh, if last year was an indication, you know, it will be interesting to see if he gets the opportunity and what that looks like. Yeah, and uh, we've got some great uh, questions and comments coming in from our viewers on the 902 text line, which incidentally is open, 902-518-3033. 902-518-3033. Pick up the phone and text RP. <clears throat> but the one thing I'm... Eh, I don't always need to be positive to cover the CFL. I'm very in tune with what's going on. My thinking when I lay awake at night, thinking well, what we're going to talk about the next day is like, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. So that's why I would prefer to talk about NFL, NHL, and be down here in South Florida. Because the business of the CFL has changed. People think it's the same old CFL, and it's not. And you wouldn't know, you wouldn't know that as a fan sitting in the crowd. But up until COVID, when's the last time that you had a rash of players retire just before camp? In any league, right? That's, that's new, okay? And they're out of COVID now. So why are they doing it? That's something that would bear a little bit of investigation if you worked in the league but I don't care enough to say that. There's a, Charleston Hughes doesn't want to give it up because he's had a Hall of Fame career and he's chasing a record. It makes a hell of a lot of sense for him. It makes sense for him to not retire. He'd make more money playing football than landscaping, which is what he was doing, and he's got a sack record to go after, and he'll tell you that his body feels better than it has in three years. So that's why he's doing it. So anyways, CFL business has changed. It's not my job to report on it or follow it. Bob. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Metal Shingle Guy writes in. He's listening on the Listen Live feed, our 24-hour streaming sports radio feed. He says, uh, and Bob's your uncle. Took your booze and girls, LOL. Bob's your uncle. Do I need to rep repeat the part that there were bikers? We were armed with a jackknife dangling off our keychain. There were bikers. And mean-looking bikers. Ever seen any bikers that look nice? Have you? It's it's pretty rare. Pretty rare. The only <laughs> Jordan. Yeah, Jordan's nice. Jordan just said he's nice. He looks nice. So I Jordan wouldn't roll up to a bush party and steal a booze and girls and take off. Would you, Jordan? No. I don't think he drinks. <laughs> yeah, he's the says, only about, bikers no. I've ever I've ever seen that look nice were in that movie with Tim Allen, uh, Wild Hogs. You remember that one? That's a good That's a great movie. It was great. And by John the way, Travolta. this was 1988. I'd rather it be the cops show up and pour all your booze out than steal it. But that's what they did. And I know right now, Johnny Ort, you've heard me talk about him. He's the guy that uses, he says it, taco time. Taco time. Johnny Ort would be sitting there nodding his head. Yep, that happened. And my cousin Greg. 
Um, I can say his name because we're on YouTube now. I usually clean it up we're on television, when we're on television. Piss Jug is written in. Piss Jug. And he says, hey, Roddy, with Patty Marlowe retiring, do you have a good memory of him with all the sports dinners you have done? Here's what sticks out with me about Patty Marlowe. And then we'll break. I haven't done any sports dinners with him because he's still playing. If you've noticed, all the sports dinners we do are with retired sports stars. And we'll have to break and come back because I'll tell a little more about that as to why that is. Here's what I remember about Patrick Marlowe. When the Seattle Thunderbirds came to town to play in Regina when he was 16, all of Aneroid was there. You know how I know that? They were wearing black leather jackets with black the tassels on them. I want to say acid wash jeans and white leather boots. I'm like, that, that right there is deep South Saskatchewan couture. You know, you just know it because yeah. I'm from there. And uh, the thing was, when I called uh, those Pats games for 15 seasons, nobody's done it longer. I looked around that booth, and you've done games with me, Darren. There's nobody comes into that building that I don't see. Nobody. Right? Where you have that personal relationship with the fans. And I was like, oh, these girls are new. Oh, leather, black leather, tassel. And it's not just an aneroid thing. We're talking Pangman, Ogama, Ceylon, Radville. Okay? You could... That's what I think about with Patrick Marlowe. Almost. <laughs> Every time I see him. And a couple of weeks ago, I drove through his hometown and I thought about it again. We will take a time out and get to more of your questions and comments. It's turned into a fabulous day. You're watching the RP show on YouTube live and uh, streaming audio 24-7 at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It is the RP Show. What a beautiful day here in South Florida. For those that like to hit the links, a live look in there on the A1A. Sports update, um, the Niagara River Lions announced Tuesday morning the signing of Canadian guard Munis Tutu. The 24-year-old from Windsor, Ontario, will join the team, the Niagara River Lions, for the 2022 Canadian Elite Basketball League season after most recently playing for Ihingen Spring of the German Pro A 2nd Division. From the Western Hockey League, they announced today that Winnipeg Ice forward Owen Peterson has been named the Player of the Week, the product of Stony Plain, Alberta. Recorded five points in a pair of WHL playoff appearances for the ice this week, helping them go up 2-0 against the Moose Jaw Warriors. Edmonton Oil Kings goalie Sebastian Kosa has been named the Goalie of the Week. The Detroit Red Wings' first-round pick is also the reigning WHL Goalie of the Month. Stopped all 44 shots he faced this past week, going 2-0. A couple of shutties. 1.00 save percentage, obviously. Uh, NHL holds its draft lottery tonight. The last place Montreal Canadiens have the best odds. The Arizona Coyotes second best, followed by the Seattle Kraken. Kingston Frontenac center Shane Wright is considered the likely number one pick. 
Blue Jays send Yusei Kikuchi to the mound at New York tonight against the Yankees. Luis Severino. It's a two-game set in the Bronx. And uh, that's about all I got there. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. This sports update also for the Tab Brewhouse and drive Through Liquor Store and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. We got the moose with us. The moose is loose. And uh, I don't know how this all happened, but we've got a heck of a day going with topics here. Don't we, moose, today? Some of them even relate oh, yeah. to sports. I know, right? Kind of wild, but uh, no, it's a good day. Lots going on today. I love it. Well, and we will, I'm trying to mix in as many of the comments as I can. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, don't want to mess with bikers. Nope. For those that don't understand, a lot of our viewers do, but more don't, that I do work full-time in the recovery world, okay? Mental health, addiction, recovery. I have occasion to run into bikers quite regularly. And I guess you could say former bikers, but I feel like it's like once a biker, always a biker. And I was telling you this, I think it was you that I was walking with. It was one guy. Let's call him. Now, let's not call him anything. That's the basis of the story. We were talking about some guy. He's like, well, I don't know his name. I said, what do you mean? You said you hung out with him for like, you knew him for like 10 years. He's like, uh, in the biker world, we don't use names. I'm like, how do you, how, why? He goes, so when the police start asking questions, you don't know names. How about or, that? Got it. <laughs> right? I'm like, okay. Um, and Jack uh, Fulton says, bikers versus cowboys. Hold my beer. Would that be a hell of a brawl? Hey, oh we're not advocating fighting. We're not advocating fighting. We did have a poll last year. Who's cooler, pirates or cowboys? Yeah. It ended like 50-50. No, it really did. That it reminds did me. like 50-50. Speak yeah. <laughs> Speaking of pirates, um, yeah. I wondered off the top of the show, we didn't have you. I was worried that you went to drop a grumpy. <laughs> you see the... Uh... Well, you saw that Instagram I sent you with the Pirates of the Caribbean video. We've been inundated with this Johnny Depp trial. And the memes and the videos that are coming out with it are so funny. What was it? A <laughs> jar of cocaine? Yeah. Uh, so funny. Jason and Red Deer writes in and he says, uh, Charleston couldn't have left on that bad of terms if he's back a year later. LOL. Well, I know what the terms were very well. I interviewed Charleston in the sushi place on Albert Street when it all went down. And um, yep. there were some hard feelings. But again, you're right. If they were that big, if they were that hard feelings, he wouldn't be back. But I, it just tells me how badly the Rough Riders need a defensive end because... <clears throat> they're signing Charleston. So obviously the team didn't have any hard feelings against him, so that's good. Or not as much as what Charleston thought. Uh, Chris Bird in King City, Ontario says, uh, Charleston Hughes was a bust for Toronto last season. Highly disappointing. He missed half the games from what I saw. I mean, I was quasi trying to follow what Chucky was doing in Toronto, and he didn't play half the games. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, I'm sure Hughes is coming at a deal. 
but still 37 and didn't look great last year. That's my point. He's not making his 180,000 that he was making at his peak, I don't think. And we just lost the moose. So he must have had a, uh, a call come in or something like that. Oh, a guest logged in early. That's what they're telling me. For like 10 minutes early almost. Um, Jennifer from the Four Seasons. I guess I go back to the viewers. Jennifer from the Four Seasons writes in. She says, I'm hooked on that. Love, Johnny. Well, I don't think you'd want to be married to him or even date him. Jeff, the Stams fan, says, are the riders that desperate? It would seem. Jonathan Woodard just got cut by the Kansas City Chiefs. He had a wonderful CFL experience there. He's an end right, I believe. From Ryan H. watching on YouTube, all this drama so close to camp. Maybe the CFL could develop a soap opera as another revenue stream. What do they need to develop a soap opera for? This is a soap opera. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Every day. For the benefit of our viewers that weren't watching earlier, can you please recap what you did on hour one? Because I have a sense that this particular segment will be part of our best of the week. Why you think this labor talk drama is commonplace, but also unprofessional. Yeah, I mean, I understand the 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 league coming to the table at the last minute from a negotiating tactic point of view. It's like who can withstand the pain, right? I mean, when you're not making as much money like the players are, you know, the person who makes less probably has more pressure. And especially if you're leaving young families at home, you need to make a paycheck, your career is an indefinite period like a shortened period of time. Um the players might be more willing to sign a bad deal at, at the last minute, but you know, I also talked about the 10-year CBA and how that really doesn't matter to the players, I don't think, because they're not going to play for 10 years. Most of them aren't anyway. You said the average CFL or average pro football um, career is 1.5 years. Like, players should expect, <clears throat> excuse me, to play for three or four years. Like, that's about it. And that would be a decent run in the Canadian Football League. And, you know, on the other side, for the fans, I mean, it is upsetting but we'll move on if it doesn't happen. I think the average ticket-buying public person is watching this in the news and maybe disappointed, but you know they're not that upset. I think largely they're just kind of you know waiting for the season to happen, and if it happens, they'll be at the games, and if it doesn't, they'll be at other games or they'll watch other things on TV. So it, the people it really sucks for, as you've mentioned, are the players. That's who it really sucks for, is the people working in and the people working inside the Canadian Football League who don't know if there's going to be a season or not. We've already spent more time on it than I want to. Um, This is why I'll never be in labor negotiations. I'll probably never be a boss because I am not for wasting people's time. Can we get to the heart of the matter here? Oh, it was just an opening ploy, a 10-year thing, and getting rid of the ratio. Listen, I'm not here to have my time wasted. I mentioned earlier about my mental health uh, and addiction recovery business. I charge $400 an hour. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste their time. Can we get to the heart of the matter and get this done? I I think it's a joke. If that's the way business is done, cool, but I'm out. You guys have fun. I'll see you on the field. Trent in Norway writes in, Norway here. I agree with John Kirby that you should write the goalie stories book, Rod. My Stanley Cup predictions tonight are Oilers, Penguins, Leafs, and Hurricanes. Stay well, everyone. 
That from Trent in Norway. Tim Manto on YouTube. Will the CFL ever expand to 12 teams? <laughs> Dude, get on the field first. They've been farting around with a 10th team for 40 years. Why are we doing this? Over it. I saw somebody wrote in earlier, will the Winnipeg Ice hit seven goals tonight, over under, in the jaw, in game three? Winnipeg Ice at the Moose Jaw Warriors and Kamloops at Vancouver and the other. I mentioned off the top, we didn't spend as much time on it as we should have because they're actually playing. Can the Moose Jaw Warriors make it a game tonight? I think it's going to be a big crowd. I got a lot of buddies going over from the Queen City to watch it. Should be a, a doozy in the Crushed Can 2.0. What do you think happens tonight, Moose? I think it'll be a close game. I really do. I don't think, I don't think Winnipeg is going to score seven goals in the game. I, I, I don't know who's going to win, but I think it'll be a close game. I really do. One Two-goal game with an empty netter. Warriors and ice tonight. And if you are a junior hockey historian, knee nerd like me, you would love the lineage of those two franchises. The Moose Jaw Warriors used to be the Winnipeg Warriors. Now they're going head-to-head. -head. Does anybody care about that stuff other than me, Moose? Really? Like, I... Listen, uh, with the Pats back in the day, I don't even know if he's still alive. Ron Scoreboard Johnston was his name. And he was a cool dude. Uh, he wore corduroy suits and pretty thick glasses for a guy whose nickname would be Scoreboard. And he would bring up all these old stories from back in the day. And I'm like, I'm not sure I care about that. As a young kid, I was more interested in the, what was going on the ice right now. Then you get a little older and realize that stuff's really, it's really cool. And then I feel like I've become Ron Scoreboard Johnston. But does anybody care about the historical stuff like I do? I don't think anybody pays attention to it and thinks about it. And, you know, I don't, th I think nobody's brought up that this is Winnipeg versus Winnipeg and the history of that. I don't think people brought up that this was, you know, the Expos winning the, uh, the World Series when Washington was going after it. But I think when you bring it up and talk about it, I think people care a little bit. I think it's really cool to tell those stories and remember the history of the league. I think that's, I think that's really cool. I think people appreciate that. Well, you said Don Cherry's books. I mean, that's what made me fall in love with Don Cherry in the AHL was reading Grapes by Don Cherry, all his old stories. Why would I care in Milestone, Saskatchewan about the Rochester Americans? But I did. Or the Hershey Bears because Don Cherry played there. Uh, John Ohm in Winnipeg. John Ohm says, I love the stories, Rod. I care. He says, Jeff in Winnipeg. I love dub history. Being a Wheat Kings fan, it's fun to look back on their history. Randy in Winnipeg. Winnipeg Junior Jets. Winnipeg Clubs. Winnipeg Monarchs. Yes, all of those. And can I tell you a quick story, and then we'll break. Uh, real, because we're Alan May checking in. Lauren Mulliken used to play goal for the Winnipeg Clubs. Okay, And I can't remember who the coach is. If Norm Fong is watching, he could tell me. But Mooner, Lauren, never tried in practice. Like, never, ever tried in practice. So the coach came over to him in the middle of practice and said, Lauren, 
Mooner, would you mind trying to get in the middle, get in the way of some of these shots, please? Your uh, teammates could use the practice. And Lauren looked up at the clock and he says, Coach, see that clock up there? Coach says, yeah. When that starts ticking, I start kicking. How about that? That's pretty good. Probably the greatest saying ever. Moose, we'll see you back here in overtime, all right? You betcha. Alan May joins us next from the Washington Capitals television crew. You're watching the RP Show on YouTube Live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. It is the RP Show. Don't forget, it is a Taco Tuesday. Over 120 Taco Time locations across Canada. There's always one near you. $2 tacos today, all day. Your biggest question is, harder soft shell, beef, or veggie? Taco Time. Hey, uh, Sam Reinhart tied it late in regulation. Carter Vahegi scored his second of the game in overtime, and the President's Trophy-winning Florida Panthers beat the Washington Capitals 3-2 in Game 4 Monday night. That first-round Stanley Cup playoff series is now tied 2-2. Vahegi scoring 457 into overtime to keep the NHL's best regular season team from getting pushed to the brink of elimination. Alan May broke it down on Capitals television, and he joins us here today, the Alberta product, the former Estevan Bruin. How you doing, Alan? Good to see you, my friend. Doing Quite great. a game last night. Yeah, it was something else. As with every game in this series so far, it's been a, a battle of wills, and the teams have been playing all out. Mistakes here and there, big goals by both teams, but it's been some excellent goaltending, and I just think all the way around, this has been a, an incredible series. I watched that one last night from start to finish. It was the first one in the series that I've watched the entire game. Have the other games been like this? They haven't been this that close, obviously. Well, it, actually, the, the games have been, featured a lot of great things from both teams. And I thought last night the Panthers stuck more to their game plan than the Capitals did. The Capitals, I thought in the second period, they gave the game away. It was poor puck management. I thought a lack of urgency. They ended up getting some great penalty kills, but the reason they had you know, were penalized four times in that second period is, you know, they were giving pucks away. They weren't getting pucks in at the offensive zone blue line. They they weren't tough on the wall in their own zone. And, you know, in the two games that they've won, they were tough on the wall. They were muscling pucks out of the zone and they were making the right decisions at the offensive zone blue line. And then getting five guys back in the middle of the ice. And really the only way to play <clears throat> the Florida Panthers, who are a high-flying offensive team that love to have odd man rushes, is to negate the odd man rush, is to make sure that you throw pucks in when you can't get to them. You, you back off into the middle of the ice, you stack that neutral zone area, and you make them dump the puck. You make them ice it. You make them, you know, force them into bad entries. The Caps got away from that last night, and I think that fatigue led to all the bad things that happened later in the game. Well, speaking of later in the game, I don't know why I keep having a brain cramp on this. It was Oshie that hit Sam Bennett cutting into the middle, correct? For the goal, yes. Yeah. So what do you think? Well, just inside the blue line, right? And then the Capitals swung out the other way and came back and scored and made it 2-1. Uh, no penalty on the play. The goal stood. I thought it was a clear hit to the head. He was bleeding from the face. Alan, 
I think it's a hit to the head. What did, what do you guys, by the way, your compadre, Ed Jovanovsky, saying on Panthers television, because I get it here, he's saying, if that hit was on Ovi, five-game suspension. So what do you think? Well, that's rich of Ed because that wouldn't have happened because no one usually gets suspended for hitting Ovi. So that's one of the things we've seen. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things when, unfortunately, in the game today, we have way too many damn cameras. There's like 17 in the arena. There's slow motion from every angle. But the angle that the, the league used, and I thought for sure that he was going to be getting maybe a one-game sit-down. And then the, the look that we saw that the Department of Player Safety used was Sam Bennett's own stick hitting him in the face. So if there was blood on that, it was from his own stick. Did Oshie go up? Yeah, he caught him in the hands originally, but it happened so fast. I'm not making excuses because I thought 100% in the moment that it would be a, a hit to the head. It would be suspendable, but it, that happens, and it shows Bennett's stick hitting him in the face. So you have that, and, and once again, we slow the game down way too much in all these hits. This is playoff hockey. This is the fastest time of the year. You know, Sam Bennett got away with one at the end of game one where he jumped in the air and hit John Carlson, took a headshot right in the very last shift of the game when the goaltender was pulled for the Panthers. And, and the league let that one slide. So I wonder if they let this one slide as well and they found the benefit of the doubt for TJ Oshie, you know, and the stick hitting Sam Bennett. So it, it, once again, you know, we're sit there, so many camera angles, it, too many times we go to review. I feel like you know, everyone covering hockey and everyone watching now is like the little five-year-old tattletale that, you know, everyone wants a suspension. And I think the Department of Player Safety is the most inc inconsistent thing in the National Hockey League. I think it, it's very laughable. And I think these $5,000 fines, $5,000 is a lot of money to me. It's a lot of money to you. And if I were to walk up and ask you to give me five grand, you'd tell me to go, you know what, myself. But when we look at it, mm. these $5,000 fines mean nothing around the National Hockey League when the players get them. You know, uh, Kuznetsov got one for slapping someone across the face with a stick blade uh, the prior game. We saw someone poke someone in the face in, in the net with their stick, kind of a, you know, a, a garbage move, just like Kuznetsov's was. But the $5,000 fine, it, it means nothing. And I see so many blatant plays now that should be suspended. And the rule of the law, the way they're using and applying it, is hypocritical from game game to game throughout the National Hockey League. So, you know what? I do this for a living. It's all I do for a living. I've been covering the National Hockey League for 15 years now, and I played in it, and I've been involved. And I have no idea what a goaltender interference is, what you know the, these goaltending rulings are. And you can't go money in the bank on any call in the National Hockey League because the inconsistency. And you could take the exact same play, change it two teams a different night, and it's a goal. The other night, not a goal. So on all these suspensions, I'm at a loss every time. So I'm the last guy you should ask because they've, they've, they've lost me with all of it. No, uh, there's strength in numbers, and I feel like you've been reading my diary because I say the same thing. I can never predict what a suspension's going to be, and maybe I, I don't know what it is. Maybe we're stuck in the past. I don't really care, but it's, like you say, lack of consistency. I have to say this. Bernie Nichols was on the show yesterday, and he called a Game 4 Panthers win, and he says they're going to come back and win the series. Clearly, you hope that isn't the case, Alan, but they did win. Um how did that change the complexion of the series last night, the events of Game 4? Well, once again, you, you've got the President's Trophy team with 122 points. I think the Caps, the eighth-place team in the Eastern Conference, 100 points. A team that lost 288 games to injury and illness. 
this season probably would have had more than 100 points had they been able to keep a consistent lineup. And, you know, every night we were guessing who's going to come out of the tunnel, who has COVID today, who pulled up lame. And, you know, the condensed season ended up adding to a lot of injuries. To most teams in the National Hockey League, the COVID thing, an absolute mystery. Now teams are trying to drive across the border so they don't have to do a COVID test on the flight across the border. But when you, when you look at this series, it's exactly where it's supposed to be. I thought the Capitals, if they went in and played an all-defense first philosophy in game one and they get a victory, it goes seven games. If they go in there and lose and if they try to run and gun, if they try to play Panthers hockey, they're going to get their asses kicked. And because you look at the, the loaded-up offense of what the Panthers have been able to produce this year, it's phenomenal. And there's no way the Caps can do that. They don't have the goal scoring right now. When you take the roster top nine to top nine, Every one of the top nine players has 18 goals or above for the Panthers. The Capitals have three guys in the lineup right now who have 19, 24, and 50 goals. It's Connor Sherry, it's Kuznetsov, it's Ovechkin with his 50. And then if you go 20 goal scorers, it's Caps just two, it's the Panthers seven. And so you have to play defense first. You have to play frustrating hockey. You can't give the other team opportunities to wind it up. So last night, the Capitals actually had more odd man rushes but they had a refusal to shoot the puck. They had 16 shots. In the second period, they had six shot attempts total. The Capitals only had four shots on net, one block, one miss. The Panthers, on the other hand, had 25. Samsonov was sensational, but the Capitals were soft with the puck last night. And I think for them to stay in this series, to go back into to Fort Lauderdale or wherever that arena is, Sunrise, and, and to get a win they've got to manage the puck again and they've got to play from the inside out. They've got to push the puck to the outside five guys in the middle. That's what we saw in game three. They got away from their template. And I think, you know, maybe this is where Tom Wilson not being there, the veteran presence, because the team with the most hits in this series, every game has lost the game. The secret is to check the puck, not check the man so much. And you've got to get in the way of the Panthers. They are lightning fast. And when I saw them this year, I think in the era since, you know, that 05 lockout time, this is the fastest team I've seen as far as odd man rushes and fast breaks and, you know, four defensemen with 37 points or more. These guys can wheel and deal. So you got to take that part of the game and how you take that away. They're a quick up team, D to forwards, five guys in the middle of the ice, five guys stacked between the blue lines and wait for mistakes, lie and wait and try to create some offense. Kind of like that Oshi hit. That's kind of what it was. They, they, they made a blue line stack, big hit on Bennett, punch it over to Ovechkin, throws it up to Kuznetsov, who flies in and scores a spectacular goal. You've got to be patient. You've got to be opportunistic if you want to win if you're the Washington Capitals. Uh, it's in sunri- Sunrise, by the way, Alan, 27 miles southeast of where I sit right now. And I'll be there Wednesday for Game 5. And uh, look, I'm not going to hold you to coming to Estevan for the Centennial Cup, but I hope you're aware the Bruins have won the SJHL Championship for the first time in 23 years. And they're going in the front door, not the back door. And we're going to be there broadcasting all week long from the Centennial Cup. So clearly you're following it. Absolutely I am. And I I was pretty pumped up the other night when they got that big Game 7 victory. And I think that's the only way to do it. You want to win the Game 7 you know, they, they did it at home as well in that beautiful arena that they have in Estevan. And the only way I will not be there is if the Capitals find a way to shock the NHL world and beat the Florida Panthers because I'll be working that, you know, those nights and that weekend. And the big thing to me, I really do want to get back there. But at the same time, you know, I've got this is what I do for a living. This is what pays my bills. And, uh, 
you know, I, I'm cheering for both. I'm cheering for the Bruins to go all the way, and I'm, I'm certainly wanting the Capitals uh, to continue playing well. And I can't get enough of watching Alexander Ovechkin continue to, to rise up and defy and do all the incredible things that he's done. After you think of what he did this year, 50 goals, the oldest player ever to be able to do that. And, you know, the previous mark was 48 goals at 36. Here he does it at 50. And just in time, you know, because he got hurt near the end of the season, he could have tucked a few more. But he's been spectacular to watch. And I, I want to cherish this time while I have with the great eight to continue to watch him play. Hey, it's win-win. It's win-win. Alan, I appreciate the time. Enjoy the hockey. Thanks for this. All right. Stay safe. Washington Capitals analyst and Estevan Bruins alum, dub alum too, Alan May. The Moose is back for overtime right after this. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live. And if you've missed any of the show, you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. It is the final segment. It's overtime, proudly presented by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home for the UFC and the National Hockey League, and uh, four Stanley Cup playoff games on tonight. And it's also Taco Time viewer takeover. I believe we have the Moose back. Do we have the Moose guys back in? There he is. I needed a ruling from you, Moose. You're the business guy. I flirted last week with the idea of Larry Dye and Medicine Hat winning a Taco Time gift card with his comment about T-A-C-O, Toronto, what was it? Remember the, the acronym Toronto, Calgary? Yeah, and, Toronto, and, uh, no, it was Toronto, Avalanche, uh, Calgary. Calgary. And Edmonton. Oilers. No. Oh, Oilers, yes. <laughs> there you go. It was pretty good. It was ingenious. Put some thought in it. Are we? Yeah. But I said earlier on in the show, um, we weren't, were we officially doing the contest then or were we just teasing? I need a ruling Send from him you. Send him a gift card. Yeah? We got it. Larry Dye, Send him a, well, or like you, you can uh, just drop those gift cards off right in, uh, right in the hat. You're, you're, you're doing it. I'm doing it. Personal <laughs> delivery service. Um, game five tonight, Moose, isn't it interesting if my math is correct, every single series is 2-2 except for the Avalanche Nashville series, which is over. But tonight, they're all best of threes now. Boston and Carolina, Tampa Bay at Toronto, St. Louis at Minnesota, LA Kings at Edmonton. I mean, just, you realize you are in pretty much the most wonderful area for hockey watching other than maybe the west coast because the games actually start even earlier there and end earlier but you're in the sweet spot yeah. out here on the east coast you know what time i go to bed it's tough to stay up for the first game let for the second game forget about it so you must really be enjoying this oh it's awesome I watch hockey all night long and and still be in bed at a decent time it is uh it is great and and you know what? These up and down series, back and forth, teams getting blown out one night, coming back to win the next night. 
so wildly unpredictable and, and every series seems like it's going to go six or seven games. It is, it's exactly what you want. I mean, as a hockey fan, the unpredictability, it's so, so, so much fun and I'm loving it. It's like junior. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's hockey. Yeah. yeah the, the only thing is that I don't really like the blowouts like the Tampa. There's been at least two games in the Tampa Toronto series that have been over by the end of the first period. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, that's not fun. I mean, once the games get to 4 nothing and it's early, you can flip it off. And I'm like, I don't want to flip it off. I want to watch the game. But, I mean, I know where it's going. I know this one team's not in it, and it's not even fun. So, um, that's right. We like the unpredictability of the games being tight and close and, and not knowing who's going to win. We might have a... We have a leader in the clubhouse for this week's Taco Time comment of the week. Carrie with a K in Red Deer. She's watching. And with regards to my stories earlier about the uh, prairie oysters, she said, I was going to make dumplings today. Now I can't. Thanks. LOL. (laughs) Oh, no. It is last minute of play in the RP show. Last minute of play. Uh, yeah, it was kind of distasteful. I'm sorry, not very appetizing, but we got into story time. Metal Shingle Guy writes in and he says, with Charleston Hughes signing, Jonathan Woodard must have another opportunity in the NFL, maybe? I guess we'll find out because uh, I was surfing social media and people are saying the reason that Woodard hasn't come back from being cut in the NFL is maybe he doesn't want to come back to the CF at all, at all but he strikes me as the kind of guy that just wants to play ball. And I'd like to think when he came on this show, he wasn't talking out of both sides of his mouth. He really seemed to love his CFL experience, but he's got 10 days to sign with another NFL team. Moose, great job today. We'll see you tomorrow. Great show. Yes. See you tomorrow. Enjoy the games. It was fun. Thanks to Brian Ray and Alan May as well. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern on Game Plus. And I said... Fire truck! You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.